In today's episode, we have the beautiful Kel. Kel is a toxic relationship healing mentor, a mindset expert, and a founder of How I Cured My Resting Bitch Face. Kel, how are you? Where are you based? Oh, hello. I am so excited to connect with you. I currently live in Seattle, Washington. I love it. I love it. But you didn't start off in Seattle. You started off in sunny South Florida, right? Yes. And honestly, if you had asked me five years ago, if I would live anywhere besides Florida, I would have said, shut the fuck up. No, what do you mean? Like I live in Florida. I'm a Florida girl. Yet here I am living in Seattle because life is unpredictable. I love it. I love it. What part of South Florida did you move from? I, I lived in West Palm Beach. So north of Miami, wow. north of Fort Lauderdale, West Palm Beach. I love it. I love it. Cal, tell me about your journey and how was the transition? Because I've read in um, one of your episodes that you handed the Porsche and you just moved to, to Seattle. Yes. So in 2018, March of 2018, I took what was supposed to be a two-week vacation to Washington. And during that trip, I was able to commit to the decision I knew in my heart and soul that I needed to make, which was to leave an emotionally abusive marriage. So after the two-week trip, I flew back to Florida. I packed my shit and garbage bags out of my dream house. I filed for divorce. I went broke overnight because my ex withdrew every penny we ever earned from our joint bank accounts. And then naturally, my next stop was the Porsche dealership because I could no longer afford my car payments. Two days after I got back to Florida, I was on a flight back to Washington. And I'm like, all right, I guess I live here now. Let's do this. Let me restart and rebuild my life in every possible way. When did you know at that given moment? So you had your dream home. You was married. You had the ring. You had the title of a wife, right? Um, yes. And, and, and as a girl, that's what as a child, that's what we see in the movies. We see that in Disney. We see the Cinderella movie. We're like, oh my God, we want our Prince Charming. When did you know? you're done. Like my soul is crying and I'm physically, emotionally done. Yeah, that's, that's such a great question because I definitely knew long before I made the decision yeah. to leave. And you're right. Like I thought I was living my dream life. I lived in a beautiful home. I drove a Porsche. I lived in South Florida. Like I had all the things from the outside looking in, my life looked amazing. My then abusive now ex-husband was my business partner. We were yeah. very successful. I lived a very privileged life, but I was miserable and I couldn't really understand why I'm like, I thought I'd be happy by now. And I knew my relationship was toxic. I knew that it wasn't super healthy, but I'm like, can I just make it work? Like maybe it's not as bad as I think. And, you know, I really just was so confused because of all of the abuse and the manipulation and you're conditioned to doubt yourself when right. you're in those toxic circumstances. Always. So I, always, yes, always. yeah, with the gaslighting, like you really lose your, your sense of reality. So I knew, I knew long before, but I was afraid. I was afraid to leave. I wasn't sure. Like maybe it's not as bad as I think. Maybe I'm making the worst decision of my life by leaving. And even when I left, I still wasn't sure because I was so confused, but I ultimately could not just keep living that life. Like the thought of, waking up five, 10 or 15 years from then and not leaving sooner was a, 
I couldn't accept that. That was just, I could not accept the fear of regret. But when did I know? I, I can't say there was an exact moment, but on December 16th, 2017, so about four months before I actually committed to leaving, I woke up and on that day, my intuition took over. For whatever reason, I woke up that morning and I did not plan to do this. I'm a planner. I always have a plan. But on that day, my intuition took over. And that was the day that I initially told my now ex-husband that I wanted a divorce, that I wasn't happy in the marriage, but I didn't commit to leaving then because I wasn't, I wasn't ready to actually accept it. And the relationship did not get better. uh, Shockingly, it actually got way worse. And the abuse and control and manipulation just escalated until March when I just had to leave immediately. And I took that trip and that trip changed my life because sometimes you don't know how toxic a situation is until you have that breath of fresh air. And I can still remember getting to the airport and feeling the most foreign sensation. And it was just freedom and happiness. And I knew in that moment that I could never go back. I could never go back to the life I used to live because it was, it was just slowly, slowly killing me inside. Do you think it was the mind or the heart that left first before the, before you physically left? My, my heart knew from the beginning, from the beginning, my heart knew it was, but it took a long time for my mind to catch up and I tried to hold on. I wanted to make it work. I enjoyed a lot about my life. Like it's really fun driving a Porsche, but ultimately my, my heart and soul could not accept that reality. And I'm so, so grateful. I made the decisions that I made because life is so much more beautiful when you actually stop settling for less than you deserve. I love it. I love it. I love it because in that, in what you just said, takes a sense of realization, a sense of healing, a sense of maturity, a sense of detaching from the ego, because sometimes we are spoiled with so much physical, where it be the funds, where it be the nice car, where it be, where it be the holidays, the beauty treatments, the designer clothes, the things, the bag collection, the walk-in wardrobe that we sometimes forget about our intuition, our mind, our heart, and what we believe in, our values. And we're just we just kind of see the materialistic things. And sometimes it takes hitting rock bottom before we have to crawl out of the situation and figure out, okay, yes. what, what is the next step? So what was your steps to getting out of the relationship? You, how did you, how was, why Seattle out of everywhere in the US? US is big, yeah. US is massive. It is. I, I threw a dart at a map and it landed on Seattle. No, I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> my, my sister... <laughs> I tell people that sometimes just to see their reaction. You know, my, my sister lives in Washington okay. and it, it just made sense to move somewhere and have a fresh start and have that family support. And honestly, I did not feel safe living in Florida. My ex was never physically abusive, but just mentally, emotionally, and spiritually and physically, I did not feel safe living in Florida. So it worked out well moving like the furthest possible place, but I, I moved there because my sister lived there and I actually lived with her for more than a few months because I was technically kind of homeless. I was broke. I went broke overnight since I didn't have access to any of my personal life assets. And 
I was so fortunate to have my family there to support me both financially and emotionally. So I lived with my sister and I knew that it was going to be a journey to recover from the trauma of the relationship. And I really just made that my number one priority in life. Like this is not going to be the worst thing that ever happened to me. This is somehow going to be the best thing that ever happened to me. It's going to be the catalyst to recreate my life and have a second chance and to create a life where I'm a priority and I get to live my life instead of living somebody else's. And when I left the relationship, I had no idea who I was as a person because toxic relationships have this not so awesome side effect of stripping away your identity because your identity is attached to another person. And when that person is removed from your life, you feel like a shell of a human being. You have no idea who you are. You don't even know what your own feelings and emotions are because your feelings and emotions were revolved around another person. So I was really having this identity crisis. I'm like, who the fuck am I? I just had no idea who I was. I was grieving the life that I thought I was going to live and the person that I used to be and just hit with all of these emotions. Like I didn't realize you could feel so much and so little all at once. It was, it was rough. And I'll tell you what, I was a hot mess, but I was committed to healing. So I started seeing a therapist. I was in therapy multiple times a week. My sister actually found a domestic violence. You're so lucky. How did you manage to get therapy like four to five times a week, girl? Oh, it was, oh no, it was like, it was like two, multiple times a week, just like two, two to three, two to three. Luxury, I, you're blessed. I, I, I realized that, yes, no, it was, I was very fortunate to have access to the support and resources that I did because it really changed my life. I was in a domestic violence support group and it's, it's kind of funny because I can still remember the very first session of that support group and The other women were going around doing their introductions. And this was a support group that my sister found for me. And at first I'm like, "Eh, it's not like, it's not for me. It's domestic abuse, like domestic violence, but I'll, I'll go because you found it for me. And I'm listening to the other women give their introductions. And most of them did experience physical abuse as well, which I was never physically harmed. But when it was my turn to introduce myself, I actually said like, hi, I think I'm in the wrong place because I don't belong in a domestic violence support group. Like I was never harmed. I would just, because was kind of married to an asshole. And they informed me that emotional abuse is considered domestic violence. And that a lot of times those internal wounds can take longer to heal than broken bones and bruises. So I stayed and committed and it truly gave me access to the resources that helped me change my life. And I also created a program for myself because I tend to be a bit of a type A personality. I'm very ambitious and goal-oriented. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get my shit together and figure this out. So I'm going to go on this journey of self-love and self-discovery. And I created a program for myself and I called it How I Cured My Resting Bitch Face. 
And the name was actually inspired from my ex-husband. I can tell you that story if you like, but I created this program and it's the program that I now am privileged to share with other women and help them navigate the aftermath of toxic relationships and use it as a catalyst for total transformation because a toxic relationship doesn't have to be the worst thing that ever happened to you. It can really be the catalyst of transformation to recreate your life I love it I love it how big (laughs) how big is community and just for example you were so blessed you're so privileged that you was able to have the support with your sister you was able to go into just open arms and be loved and go into a sense of safety not only that she found a group and a community for you which is really really good so how big is how was how big was community in your healing journey and just overcoming everything and becoming the new better you yeah it was it was really important and I feel like toxic relationships have this stigma around them right like nobody really likes to say hi I was in a toxic relationship how's your day going but when we're not talking about these these experiences and we're just keeping them to ourselves and we're isolating ourselves, then we develop shame around them. And we start to believe that it's our fault and we're the problem, which is one of the underlying uh, factors of the relationship. We're led to think everything is our fault and our problem. And it's really isolating. And it wasn't until I really started to share my story because I didn't want to tell my story for the longest time. It wasn't even so much that I was embarrassed about it. I just, I didn't want people to view me as a victim. And I realized looking back, it's because I still viewed myself as a victim. So that was just another layer of healing that I needed, but having support and community is so important. And I feel like it's something that most women don't have access to, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to create that. I wanted to create a safe space for women to connect and get resources to help them navigate this journey. I love it. I love it. I love it. Wow. How big is being humble and because sometimes when we're given this type when we're given everything and then we have to go look for help we become vulnerable right and then we have to step down from the funds we have to step down from our big home step down from the luxury of driving the nice cars and sometimes we have to leave our the things behind right the bag collection the watches whatever we may have with this individual because to a certain extent that is attached to the individual right because if it's in the mm-hmm. home at the, at the time we leave we may not have enough time to take everything with us or we may not, you know, that we may be stopped or we may be in a position of danger or our mind, body and soul are like, hell no, you need to get out of here. What would you say to the individual that that has to become humble in a sense and has that shame and guilt around them because they have to step down now and they have to ask for help? Yeah, I, I was, that was me. I was that individual and it, it sucks. I'm not going to lie. It really is not a fun time. But ultimately, what I did was I had to develop the perspective and make the mindset shift from focusing on everything that I lost, because I lost a lot. I had to lose a lot to find myself. But every time I would think about what I lost, I would shift and balance the belief to what did I gain? So I really had to make the perspective shift of focusing on what I lost to actually focusing on what I gained. And you begin to realize how much of your identity is attached to materialistic things. And 
that's really how we get that, you know, it's almost that sense of external validation because all of these things make us feel good, but it doesn't really make us feel good. And we have our confidence almost attached to these external things, but that's not genuine confidence. That's not actually knowing and trusting and believing in yourself. That's using all of these artificial sources of validation to make you feel good in the moment. So it really allowed me to reprogram all of these limiting beliefs around confidence and develop genuine confidence and learn who I am as a person without the materialistic items, without the labels, without the titles. I love it. I love it. One one thing that you speak about as a healing tool was journaling. How big was, yes. so, say, so say for example, for me, when I came out of a toxic relationship, I felt like I had no voice. So I physically felt like my throat chakra was blocked because I couldn't express what I didn't like what hurt me or I didn't felt I didn't feel listened to like heard in the sense that I'm saying you're disrespecting me you're hurting me in this way and it was like nothing how how big was journaling in your life at that time oh my goodness journaling was a huge part of my life in fact this is my original journal the OJ And I was just able to finally like reread it um, this year because I wasn't ready to previously. And I wrote down everything, my entire life, everything I experienced, everything I used for healing, the future I wanted to create. It was, it was such an important part of my healing journey. And it's something I incorporate into my mentorship programs with women because journaling is the best gift you can give yourself to process everything that you experience, to gain clarity on where you're at in life and where you want your life to go, to regain your identity and to build a relationship with yourself. That's what journaling is. It's essentially like having a conversation with yourself. And I don't know about you, but I I missed that life memo. Like, I didn't know that you were supposed to have a relationship with yourself and yeah, yeah. all of this. And it wasn't intuitive for me. So it wasn't until I realized I have no idea who I am as a person. Let me figure out who I am that I began to actually develop a relationship with myself. And journaling was a, such a huge, huge part of that. Wow, I love it. I love it. I love it because did it just come natural to you? Like, say, for example, in moments of pain, I just feel like maybe it's a release. And then you just start, start pouring, pouring, pouring. And then, and then you feel like a sense of relief. How was it for you? Was it always that easy to to start writing or did you kind of swim in it and then things would start to flow? Yeah. So I actually, I made, I made like objectives for my journaling. So in the morning, I, I, I'm not kidding. I'm like, I made a very (laughs) plan. It was like, break up camp. Let me, let me rebuild my life. So in the morning I would, you know, reflect on my intentions for the day. And in the evening, I would use it as a space to process the day and emotions that came up in the past. And, you know, sometimes I would just be able to write and write and write. And other days I had not, I felt like I had nothing to say, but when you feel like you have nothing to say, if you just sit with that, and even if you just kind of write, what seems like insignificant, that's usually when you get to the deeper stuff, that's when you get to the good stuff. And, you know, sometimes I would free write, sometimes I would use prompts. There's, you know, lots of different um, practices for journaling, but it's so, so liberating to be able to have a safe space to actually express yourself and to start to 
learn how to use your voice again, because yeah. you're, you're silenced in toxic relationships. Your voice doesn't matter. And you essentially are rejecting yourself. So it gives you that space to get to know who you are again, and to be able to find your voice and develop the confidence to be able to use it. I love it. I love it. It's crazy because in my healing journey, I think I'll journal a bit, but I'm not journaling is not my thing. But I did start my podcast. So in a way that the podcast uh, was my, yes. was my healing because I was suppressed yes. so much. I'm like, girl, you know what? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a talk to everyone now. I'm meeting people from all over the world. So it's just, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So it just goes to show you just need to express. You just need to speak where it be reading, writing, blogging, social media, YouTube, whatever that may be, because you're so suppressed so much. And it's like, you keep everything withheld within you so much that it's like, you need to start pouring it out and you need to figure out how you're going to release that. Because it's like, there's only so much we can take and the pressure keeps building, keeps building, keeps building, especially if you was a strong, independent individual, confident, and that is true away from you it's like you you still are that individual you still are confident you still are bubbly but it's just regaining that and we'll be journaling we'll be meditating we'll be attending a group your voice will slowly come out yes yes you're so right yeah you just it's not so much about you know having to become somebody else it's more about remembering who you already are you just forgot I love it. I love it. How was the transformation of being married and having the title of a wife to now being separating yourself from that role, separating yourself from the title and looking at who you are, your identity and remembering who you are? You know, it was honestly the most beautiful journey, at least for me. And it was, it was really hard because I was grieving the loss of the life I thought I was going to have. But Ultimately, I was just very excited to create this future for myself and to get to know myself again. And it, I mean, it still sucked. It was really, really hard to just, you know, move on and let go of the past and to forgive my ex and to forgive myself because it was way harder to forgive myself than it was to forgive my ex. But I just, I chose to, to view it as an opportunity. And that's ultimately what led me to commit to my healing journey, because I was just so determined to have it become this beautiful opportunity. I love it. How big is forgiving in the process, forgiving yourself and forgiving the other individual? Forgive, like you say, forgiving ourselves is the hardest because to a certain extent, we ignored the red flags. To a certain extent, we allowed it to happen. So how was the process yeah. for that? Oh, it's it's a process and it's a practice. It's definitely yeah. not a one-time event, right? Like letting go and forgiving is something that you do again and again and again. And you're so right. The hardest person to forgive isn't your ex. It's it's yourself for all those reasons. You overlook the red flags. Why did you stay as long as you did? How did you not know? Like, why did you put up with that shit? And ultimately forgiveness is what sets you free. And that's, that's really what's going to cultivate that happiness and the freedom that you're looking for, because leaving the relationship isn't enough. I can still remember leaving the relationship and being so confused because I thought that once I left, I would just be happy and feel free. And I didn't really understand, number one, the extent of the trauma that I experienced and just the, the healing journey 
to go on, but hidden in all that pain are the lessons that are going to change your life. So as much as it sucks, you don't want to avoid that pain. You can avoid it, but it's not going to go away. You're going to hold on to it and you're going to carry it. And you have to feel in order to heal. So it's actually sitting with all of that, that allows you to learn the lessons that are going to change your life. Wow. I love it. That's, that's so powerful. What you said, sitting, um, sitting with the pain and letting go because the easy and fast track to do it is to numb ourselves right so what some people do is they tend to start dating like completely instead of taking the time to heal reflect and kind of heal forgive they just go into a rebound okay we're going to go into a rebound or we're going to go numb the pain with either alcohol or drugs right what would you say to the individual that is struggling to reflect that is struggling to let go that's struggling to forgive but can't handle sitting with the pain and is looking to just numb the pain. Yeah, that that was me too, because I didn't realize that healing was such an extensive journey. I did all the things, right? Like I went to therapy, I went to the support group, I journaled, I did, I did all the things. And I thought, I thought I was good. I thought I like crossed the finish line, like, congratulations, you're healed. Check that box off of your to-do list. And I didn't realize that I still was just carrying so much pain with me and just avoiding it. And I definitely resorted to those coping strategies because if we don't have the tools and resources to process the trauma, or if we're not ready to process the trauma yet, then we develop coping mechanisms. And there are healthy, positive coping mechanisms. And then there are other coping mechanisms that will make us feel better in the moment but at the expense of our long-term healing. Now, I I went on dates. I dated. I had no business dating. I used partying and over-exercising and overworking and productivity to distract myself and numb out. But ultimately, you're just avoiding what you need to feel yeah. and face. And it doesn't go away. It doesn't. And the longer you avoid it, the harder it is to actually face. And it's it's not until you process and feel the emotions and let them go that you can experience uh, that freedom from your past because otherwise your past is going to continue to control you. I love it. I love it. And what you said is such, is so deep because that's why there's some people that can't move on. That's why there's some people that even though they're in the present, they're constantly thinking about the past and they want to drag their past with them because they haven't sat down to actually heal. Say, yes. for example, for me, like I've seen friends that instead of taking the time to just reflect on themselves or just take that time, they just want to go back to back dating. Say, for example, with me, I ain't gonna lie. It sucks. It sucks being alone. It sucks, especially when you thought that individual you was with is your best friend, right? Um, mm-hmm. so then you now have to break down all these things what you thought in your mind was like a fairy tale you now have to like pick it out and see oh my gosh maybe it wasn't how I thought it was going to be and just separating yourself from the crowd and just healing and picking up those broken pieces and making a picture with it and just learning from it and seeing how now you're going to carry yourself forward oh Cal how was what what tools how was it so then you started going to all these groups how was how was hearing everyone else's stories how did that did that inspire you did in any way did it help it 
it, it's it. It was, it was inspiring just to kind of know that you're, you're not alone in this. And it's also, it's very um, interesting just to see how other women navigate these challenging circumstances, because there's really only two options after yeah. a toxic relationship. Either you commit to healing and you make the changes that you need to make and heal, not only from the trauma of the relationship, but also from all of the trauma that led you to that relationship in the first place. Because otherwise, the other option is you're going to end up in another toxic relationship because you are the common denominator in your life. That's what I realized that. I'm the common denominator here. And if I keep bringing the same version of myself to new life experiences, nothing's going to change. It's going to look different, but it's not going to feel any different. Wow, that's so powerful because that's why we say, that's why you hear when people say you're dating a different face, but the same pattern, the same pattern. And you attract that because we haven't done the growth. We haven't done the healing. And that is where we see it. How did um, a toxic relationship affect your health and energy? Oh my goodness. I didn't even realize how much it affected my, my health and wellness and energy until years after, because you kind of get used to feeling like shit when you're in a toxic relationship, like life doesn't feel good. And you start to think that that's how life is supposed to feel. And I, I really had a huge impact on my health and wellness because of the trauma that I was carrying with me from my past. Because if you hold on to emotions, it's going to affect your health and wellness. Emotions are energy in motion. It's supposed to flow. And when you hold on to them, it creates issues. I had all kinds of issues with my adrenal system because my body was stuck in that fight or flight mode from living in extended periods of stress for so long and your gut health, and it does affect your sleep and your just your, you know, brain fog and, and all the things. So it really, that was another layer of my healing journey was the actual wellness side and looking at how I can optimize my wellness and shift out of those um, survival states. I love it. I love it. I love that you said that because like you say, we get so used to being in that state. We don't realize how bad it is. I remember one time I went, I'd done my eyebrows and I literally left all my, what is college for you is university for me. Mm -hmm. I left all my college certificates inside this bag, my passport, proofs of address, everything. And I didn't even know. So like you said, I just realized I had brain fog. And, and, and then, and what she did, the eyebrow lady, she tried looking for me on Facebook. She couldn't find me. So what she did, because she had the proofs of address with my address, she walked on her lunch break to my house and then knocked on the door. My mom answered and she didn't give it to my mom. She said, tell her that it's the eyebrow lady that I have her bag. So then I went there and I saw that I had all, like all my career was in that bag, everything, university certificates, my passport, everything. And it just goes to show that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. And and like you say, I just realized I had brain fog and I didn't know I had brain fog because you're in this constant fight or flight. And it's like, you can't even take any more stress. You physically can't handle it. So imagine if I would have lost that bag, I wouldn't even have known because I'm already under so much pressure. I can't even handle it. Um, Yeah, yeah. And I think one thing that a lot of women don't realize is you can't create your dream life when you're living in survival mode. You really have to shift out of survival mode because unresolved trauma is not a stable foundation to support building your dream life. You have to really commit to, to healing from that trauma. So that way you can live the life that you want to live and that you deserve to live. I love, I love that you said that because 
living under this constant high stress once I got out out of that relationship once I healed once I temp my money tripled so it just goes to show that you can actually focus you can actually think you can actually communicate you can actually network but because we're living under so much stress it's like you can't even focus on what people are telling you you can't receive the information you can't relay your your thoughts or even actions or even an action plan because we're just constantly bombarded with things and yes. brain fog that it's like we're just constantly working at the limit like okay and it's like we can't even push past the wall Kel knowing where you are now what advice would you give to your younger self oh man I would say I have so much advice for my younger self I would say the first word of advice would be that not only are you supposed to have a relationship with yourself but the relationship with yourself is the most important relationship that there is and it really is the foundation for every other relationship in your life I love it I love it for the people that may not understand that because maybe they are seeking validation other things in society in what people tend to say is beautiful or is successful what would you say to that individual I would say that nothing outside of you is going to make you happy or fill fill that those needs that you have for yourself and it's not until you can choose happiness and create happiness for yourself and to learn to meet your own needs that you're really going to be able to experience all of the beauty that life has to offer because nothing outside of you is going to make you happy long term or fix your problems or make you confident or make you feel good it all has to come from from you from inside I love it I love it how big is standards and boundaries in your life oh my gosh so important like yeah you have to upgrade your standards because life doesn't give you what you deserve life gives you what you tolerate and if you're tolerating less than what you want, then you have to upgrade your standards. And how do you know what your standards are? Look around. Life is reflecting your standards to you. So if you want more from life, you have to expect more for yourself and know that you deserve more. You are worthy of the love that you give and you have to, you have to choose it. It just starts with a decision. And boundaries are a really important part to to help you preserve your sense of self-worth because boundaries teach people how you want to be treated. I love it. I love it. I love that you said that because in the world we live in, we are constantly being pushed. We are constantly being like society is testing us. How much will they tolerate? How much can we push and see? Mm -hmm. Can we get away with it? And this could be in everything from a relationship from a friendship from a family member from a career as well with your bosses so it's like we constantly have to sit with ourselves and practice practice this where it be self-affirmations where it be journaling and kind of taking the time and be like wait I'm losing myself I'm giving too much of me and I'm not I'm not taking that time for myself how big is self-love for you oh my goodness it's it's everything it's everything self-love will change your life I always thought that something outside of me would change my life yeah. I didn't realize that it's giving yourself the love you were always looking for from somebody else like it's oh, it's the best thing ever like you fall in love with life when you fall in love with yourself 
I love it. I love it. That's beautiful. How big is talk therapy counseling? I, I think it's incredibly important because it gives you a space to express yourself and to get perspective because you oftentimes we get stuck in our own way of thinking. And it's this outside perspective that allows us to see things differently and therapy or working with a coach or a mentor, depending on what your unique circumstances are, can help provide that perspective and help you just look at things differently. So that way you can actually start to make the changes that you want to make in your life, because we all have these patterns and we don't really notice them because there are default tendencies and it's having that outside perspective that allows us to kind of look beneath the pattern so that way we can recognize what we need to shift in our life I love it I love it what is your favorite book oh that is that is such a good question my favorite book I have so many I read all the time there is a book by Marianne Williamson it's oh man the name is is I can't recall it right now. I probably shouldn't have mentioned that one, Um, but it is a summary of A Course of Miracles. And that was a beautiful book. Also, anything by Gabby Bernstein. She's amazing. I love it. I love it. Is it like self-help? Is it like intuition? Is it anything in particular? Um, So Gabby Bernstein is a spiritual leader. Marianne Williamson is as well. I typically enjoy reading books on spirituality and also entrepreneurship and personal growth and development and mindset. So that's what I tend to enjoy. But I I love reading. I read all the time. I'm usually reading like three or four books at once just because (laughs) (laughs) I just I just can't get enough. I love it. How do you say focus? I wouldn't be like, it's just. It's, you know, I read, I read different books at different times in the day. Okay. So in the morning I will read a book on like mindset or perhaps um, a, an entrepreneur topic yeah, yeah, that yeah. I'm interested in. And then in the evening, I will usually read a book on like spirituality or connecting with your inner self and things like that. I love it. I love it because in a way you have structure. So the mind already knows this is the information I'm taking in. Yeah. So we're ready for this. Um, How big has in your, in your journey, in your healing, how big has intuition been in your role? Oh, intuition has been incredibly important because I had to essentially redevelop my sense of intuition because your intuition communicates with you through feelings. And when you are in a toxic relationship, you're conditioned to avoid your feelings because they don't really matter. And your intuition was trying to tell you throughout the relationship that this isn't right. You need to make a different choice in your life and you ignore it. So when you ignore your intuition, you're basically telling your intuition to fuck off. So I had to reconnect to that, uh, learn how to feel my feelings again, and how to not only recognize my intuition, but also trust my intuition because self-trust is incredibly important to redevelop after a toxic relationship. I love it. I love it. I love that you said that because sometimes our intuition acts as a little small whisper and then we need to take the time to build that relationship so that the whisper gets louder so that then we are able Mm -hmm. to pick up the signs and actually grasp onto it and say, okay, cool. I'll listen to you. What is yeah. your, yeah. Kel, what is your favorite movie? I I actually don't have a favorite movie, mostly because I don't really watch movies. Okay. I don't know what I did with my life growing Documentary? up. Documentary? I did not, I, I don't really watch movies. Okay. I actually, I don't even watch TV. So I'm probably okay. not the, the right person to ask that. 
Got it. I love it. I love it. Instead of a movie, what would you do? What would you watch? Or is it a documentary? Is it, I don't know, or, or, I, or hobby? Are you more, more focused on hobbies? Yeah. So I, I love podcasts. Like okay. if I'm just at, you know, my condo, even yeah, if yeah, I'm yeah. driving or yeah, cooking yeah. or I'm listening to podcasts or listening to music, um, I'm reading, I'm going to yoga, I'm journaling, I'm meditating, I'm uh, building my business. Yeah. So I'm usually, you know, with friends, I'm usually more um, doing things like that. What's, what's so your favorite podcast? My favorite podcast. Yeah. I love um, the School of Greatness with Lewis Howes. Yes. I think he's such an amazing interviewer and just has such a variety of guests. Um, yeah. I really enjoy his podcast. I also really like Gabby Bernstein's podcast, Dear Gabby. I like my own podcast. Yeah, girl. I'm just kidding. <laughs> kind of. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, if you had a billboard on the side of the highway, what would it say? Oh, what would it say? That's such a great question. Um, it would say, you are enough. Oh, that touched my soul. I love that. That was so comforting. Mm. Yeah. yeah that's that's that's, that's... That we all need to remember yeah. Yeah. I honestly think that every single problem and challenge in the world can be attributed to one of two things early childhood and our sense of self-worth and feeling like we're not enough these are all universal challenges and fears that we all have I love it I love it because sometimes when we don't feel enough this is why I see some girls a lot of young girls um start doing surgery because they, like I see a lot of young girls and they'll say oh my boyfriend made me feel insecure because of my chest size my boyfriend made me feel insecure because of my nose my boyfriend you know so that feeling of not being worthy of not being enough where it be beauty standards where it be from self-love where it be like you say from childhood even if it's trauma of abandonment because maybe it was a divorce or dad left or dad wasn't around whatever that may be I love that, that that's so powerful that you said that Kel tell me about you tell me about your cause yeah so I have a program out right now it's called RBF recovery and it really is designed to help women navigate the aftermath of a toxic relationship so it is a 12-week a hybrid course and mentorship program. Yep. So there are weekly training videos. There's weekly one-on-one -on -one support sessions with me. There is a recovery guide and workbook. There is a collection of somatic healing practices. And it's really all of the tools and resources to help women not only heal from the trauma of yeah. the toxic relationship, but to build the foundation to support living their best life and becoming their highest self. And it's essentially the program that I developed for myself, except way better because I added in four years of all the information okay. I learned instead of just the, the limited resources I had access to at the beginning. I love it. I love it. How long is the course like from start to finish? It's, it's a 12 week program. So three, three months. I love it. I love it. And um, yes, powerful. Tell me about your podcast. My podcast. My podcast is called Dear Dumb Bitch, kind of like Dear Diary, but Dear Dumb Bitch, because we all have an inner dumb bitch that's teaching us life lessons when we actually <gasps> the hard pay way. attention. The hard yes. way. Yeah. yeah. And you have to pay attention because life is going to keep giving you the same lessons until you learn them. Wow. Wow. I love it. I love it. Tell me about your socials. Oh, about my social socials, Instagram, your TikTok. You're very oh, good on yeah. TikTok, girl. 
Your oh, thank you. Yeah. So I have my Instagram. It's at Kel underscore Cal underscore. And then TikTok is, I think it's um at Kel underscore Cal. I think it's a double underscore. And yeah, I just love, you know, sharing information on resources to not only heal from toxic relationships, but to also just live your best life and to give yourself permission to live your life. And I really enjoy making the whole concept of healing and personal development relatable and enjoyable because I feel like a lot of times like people talk about healing and it's like, cool, but like, what is it? And how do you do it? And like, what does it even mean? It's like this abstract concept. So I like to make it more relatable and tangible and um, providing actual like action items that you can take and think, okay, I could actually implement that in my life and not have it just be some like hypothetical scenario that you're like, all right, what do I do with it? I love it. I love it. Kel, when did you know this was your path? What business did you have with your ex-husband? What is your background? Yeah. So originally I was a speech therapist. That's what I went to school for. Um, And I I worked with children and then I got into real estate because of my ex-husband. And that was the business we had together. Um, We had a a real estate brokerage and we helped people buy and sell homes or realtors. And that's what I did when I moved to Washington. I rebuilt my own real estate business on my own. And then about two years ago, I started to recognize that real estate wasn't really my true life calling. Like I wasn't put on this earth to sell houses and that my purpose in life was to help women navigate challenging life circumstances using my own lessons and to share my message to show women what's possible and to help them actually reach the the life that they want so that's what I am privileged to do now I get to share my life and my life experiences and help women change their lives I love it. How did that come about? How did you realize? Was it like, oh, this real estate, I'm not as passionate as it as I was before? Or did you feel, hear it by people just coming to you for advice? How, how did you go about that transition? Yeah, it was it was a little bit of both. And, you know, reading uh, my original journal, I realized I kind of knew even back then, because that's the thing we always know our intuition always knows. And I wrote about how I would, um, I'm going to start with real estate to prove to myself that I can do it because that was one of the things my ex used to tell me is that I would never be able to do real estate on my own. So partially I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for me to prove to myself that I can do it and to allow me to build my life out here. But even then I knew I'm like, I want a career where I help people and I'm really into fitness and I like, um, you know, inspiring people. And I'm not really sure what that looks like, but I'll start with real estate. And then I kind of forgot that I wanted to do anything else. And I got so busy building this real estate business, but I didn't really feel fulfilled. And I just felt like something was missing. And I started to explore other areas of passion, which was sharing, um, you know, life lessons and things like that. And it's like, you follow these breadcrumbs and eventually the dots connect and you look back and you're like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Wow. I love it. I love it. I love it because we always know, like, regardless of, yeah, yeah, regardless of that path, regardless of what, what we feel inside, like we'll be that validation from other people when we're told, no, you can't do it. We'll be whatever that may be at some point, 
it's like okay it doesn't matter what society thinks is successful it doesn't matter what people think we couldn't do and we are now proven thinking we want to do that we always know so that is amazing Kel Mm. you are absolutely amazing Kel do you do public speaking not yet but one day that's on that's on my list I have done a few I've done a few speaking events but I will be hosting retreats in the future and I also have a TED talk on my vision board and it's actually kind of funny when I was in that domestic violence support group the facilitator told me she said you're gonna do a TED talk one day because I was obsessed with TED talks at the time and I just had this vision of doing a TED talk and really just being on stage and sharing my message with thousands of women and showing them what's possible. That's my favorite part because I didn't know life could be this good. Do you know what you got to do is apply for it in your city, right? I, that's all I got to add that to my to-do list. (laughs) Girl, do it, do it. Honestly, you're ready for it. You're ready for it. Honestly, you're ready for it. Um, Would you write a book? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's on my list as well. I got, I got a lot to do and I I can't wait for all of it. I know. Okay. Would you ever create a journal? like the journal that you did and a structured one, like for example, where it be reading, where it be journaling, where it be meditating, where it be time for yoga. Would you create one for other girls? Because the problem oh. is not everyone is structured as you, like you're very structured. You know what books you're reading at what time yeah. and, and not everyone's like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I include part of that in my program right now, but, but I definitely have a, a vision of being able to create just really all the resources that women need. So that way they have the tools to live the life that they want to live. I love it. I love it. Kel, tell us about your merch. Oh, well, I have my hat, Dear Dumb Bitch. So that's that's really fun. And it's it's amazing because you never know what's going to happen in life. I originally had this hat made because I was so excited about the podcast I started and I just wanted to, to represent it. And I get so many comments on this hat. Everyone loves it. And people were like, how do I get one? And I'm like, oh, I guess I should probably sell them. I'm also, um, I'm going, so I have the hat available. I'm also going to be releasing a Dear Dumb Bitch journal, which yeah. is just going to be a a really fun and branded journal. Um, it's it's just, it's bold. It's black and hot pink. So the journal, because Dear Dumb Bitch is kind of like my my verbal journal. You're, you're and then I'm also, cool. yeah. And then I'm also going to have a, a cup that says Dumb Bitch Juice because that's a part of, that's a part of my story as well. We didn't talk about Dumb Bitch Juice today, but that's um, an interesting um, detour on my healing journey. I love it. I love it. Kel, any projects in the in the coming months that we can support you with or that we should be looking forward to? Yeah. So I have my program out right now, depending yep. on when, when you release this episode. Yep. But my program, RBF Recovery, is available for enrollment. The course itself will be starting on September 4th, which happens to be my ex-wedding anniversary. Because <sighs> is there a more appropriate day to start a course on toxic relationships than my ex-wedding anniversary. I don't think so. So I have this course available now. I have my podcast and I also have additional courses that we'll be launching in the future. And I offer one-on-one mentorship for women who are navigating the aftermath of toxic relationships or who are just really looking to break the the toxic patterns in their life and to develop confidence and to start attracting healthy relationships and to just learn to give themselves permission to live the life they want to live. 
Wow, what you said was so true because sometimes what's holding our, us back is our thoughts, right? Our limitations, our ideas yes. of the way things should be. When in reality, sometimes it's ourselves holding us back because of our thoughts. 100%. Patterns. Yeah, I realized when I left a toxic relationship, the most toxic relationship of all was the one I had with myself. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. that's really when you get deep in the healing. I know, right? Kel, I just wanted to say a great big thank you, girl. You are a bull of light. You have so much energy, so much passion. You are, your communication is amazing. You're so well-spoken, but well-spoken in the way that you speak right to the point and you're very clear. So say, for example, if a vulnerable adult that is going through a toxic relationship and has you, there's no bullshitting. There's no, there's no sugarcoating. It's like, you need to do the healing. These are the things you need to do. Because sometimes when we're in this toxic relationship, it's like, say, for example, with me, I was just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, right? And I would have like a one month break and then I would go back. And then it's like, at some mm. point, at some point, you have to let go and release and end that chapter because you're not progressing. And it's like, you're stuck in this stress and you're stuck in this fight or flight yeah. that that we can't progress. So so for any girls, I would highly recommend a course or even if you want something more, more personal, um, the mentorship with you sounds amazing. Mm, thank you. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you too, girl, because it takes a very strong individual to now um, speak about such personal things, right? Obviously, I found my voice through my podcast and I try to be as very transparent, but sometimes like you know sometimes we do feel it right because it is we are vulnerable the world is hearing us and you don't know who is listening to us yeah yeah but most of all we're listening to ourselves and that's really where you have to give yourself permission to live your truth because you're here for a reason and my reason is to is to share my message so I I that's my responsibility to the world I love it I love it Kel thank you so much for being on gentle touch thank you so much for being you and being so courageous and actually being brave enough to step out of that of what you thought was the dream home what you thought was the dream career what what it was like you know and then just knowing that everything does work out in the end where it be starting from scratch where it be doing the the real estate on your own doing things on your own and realizing you know what I did it and it's not all that it's not my life purpose but someone would love it anyways and just knowing that not our journeys are all so different right so what mm-hmm. you went through is now has evolved into a career and your life purpose and someone else's journey is not going to be the same as our journey and it's just being gentle on ourselves as well yes absolutely having that gentle touch I love it. I love it. What a great way to end the podcast. Mm, I appreciate you so much. I love this conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Where are you? Oh yeah, your base in Seattle, right? Yeah. I love it. I love it. So I'll put that in the show notes. I'll put everything and I'll be in contact for when the podcast launches. Yay. I love it. I loved this conversation. I look forward to you staying in contact. I really enjoy your energy and I appreciate what you're doing. And I would love to collaborate again in the future. A hundred percent. Where can I hear about the Dear Bitch Juice? Is it the Dear Bitch Juice? Dumb, 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 dumb Bitch Juice. Yes, yes. I, I'm going to share it on on. Um, Are you going to create a podcast? Instagram. Yes. No, that's it. just, that's a part of, that's a part of my, my story. So yeah. do you want to hear how Dumb Bitch Juice yeah about. tell me do you got do you got a minute tell, okay. yeah yeah so when I when I left the abusive marriage in yeah. Florida I 
started working with a health coach because I thought if I looked better, then maybe I'll feel better that maybe that will like fix my inner problem. So I was working with this guy that I met on Instagram and he had me like buying all these supplements and on a meal plan and and making these like green juice smoothies. It was like, I don't know, like fucking kale and fennel and celery. And I would drink my, my green juice thinking it's solving all my problems. But really I was just spending a lot of money on vitamins and drinking nasty ass green juice. And my friend would call it dumb bitch juice. And I didn't realize it at the time, but it really was dumb bitch juice because I thought that it was going to fix all of my problems and make me feel better. And it's in it. And then dumb bitch juice evolved into DBJ, which was um, vodka with white claw and like crystal light. And that was like my partying days. And again, it was still thinking that something outside of me would make me feel better and fill that void that I felt yeah, inside. Yeah. So dumb bitch juice is really just kind of symbolic of thinking that something outside of us is going to make us feel better and give us that validation and fix all of our problems and makes our hopes and dreams come true. But it's it's not it's not the answer I love it I love that story girl you need to do like a blog post on that because it's true sometimes and say for example with you or the juice some people do it with plastic surgery some people do we it do, with yeah it's always something with guys with relationships with online shopping it's everyone has a dumb bitch juice but yeah. it's like what is it and what are you really trying to to meet right like what's the exactly. underlying need that you're trying to to fill with it oh I love it oh perfect yeah. Mm, I appreciate you. Have an amazing rest of your you. day. Bye, Cal. Talk soon. Bye. Toodaloo.